Hey, hey, folks, we are back. This is episode 119 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, and sitting right across from me, as always, it's been a while, but as always, my, is my pal, DeQuincy. Hey, guys. Uh, sorry it's been so long. Some personal stuff went down, and but, uh, we're back. A lot of stuff has gone down. Yes, uh, because the last podcast, we had the NBA shut down, and then all of America followed right after. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just – one after the other, everything was closing. Yeah. Well, let's just tell the people what we've been up to. So, I'll let you go first. What have you been up to in the coronavirus world that we now occupy? Man, um, well, just been working from home mostly. Um, man, I got sent home March 13th. So, I've been, I've been working from home since March 13th. It's May 14th. Holy crap, holy crap, two months already. I can't believe it. I just looked at the calendar and realized it's been two months. It's exactly two months. Well, <laughs> I'm, uh, je- I'm jealous because I, I'm i still an essential worker. So I, I've gone to work every day. Well, the good news is I've had Saturdays off for this Monday through Friday. That is good. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, taking your shine. Go ahead, continue. No, no, no problem. Hey, man, you, you, you've earned it. Um, uh, yeah, just working from home. Uh, there was like in April, well, I guess it's still ongoing, but it was mostly through April, like, like my department. Um, so I work for a hospital and, um, we had to commit to working like 16 hours a week at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So like I work in the office, like I'm not, I'm not a, you know, a medical personnel or anything like that. You know, I, I'm a numbers guy working in an office. So it was different because I had to like, you know, they, they shut down the whole hospital and were restricting, you know, people and entrances and stuff like that. So part of my task was to uh, work at a, you know, a new entrance and help screen um, employees or patients, you know, depending on where I was at. Mm-hmm. So like we're taking temperatures with the temperature gun, um, just asking people if they, you know, if they attest to not having been around anybody with COVID or, you know, not had it themselves. Um, so it was a weird adjustment because, you know, a lot of people were trying to get shifts and there weren't very many shifts. So, um, and also, like, I was just hesitant of doing it because, like I said, I work for a hospital, but I'm not, like, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not in the medical field in terms of, like, what I do. Yeah, you're so, not an essential employee. Yeah, well, technically I am just because of where I work. But my duties aren't essential in terms of dealing with patients, saving lives and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, I – I guess I consider myself a people person, but it's like, or, you know, people, I like some people and some people like me and and whatnot, but like, you know, it's different when you're, you don't know who you're going to talk to, who's going to walk up to you, you know, whether it is a coworker or, or a patient, you know, who knows, you know, cause again, we don't really know. I mean, there's, hasn't been enough testing to like catch everybody and, and figure out who has it, who doesn't, or, you know, whatever. So, so who already had it. Right. Um, 
And so I was very hesitant. So I tried to, and I can't get out of it. So what I would do is I would sign up for like super late night shifts where I was trying to minimize, you know, as many people as I would come into contact with. Mm -hmm. I mean, you come into contact with a lot of overnight staff. Um, so that was, you know, that's fine. Cause I, but you don't get a lot of like other people coming into the hospital. So, um, so it worked for a little while. I mean, I was working these late night shifts, which is part of the reason why we didn't, um, one of the reasons, at least on my end was one of the reasons why we didn't really get a chance to, to record more often is because I didn't know if I was going to be working late. Um, I don't know when I was working because we were still trying to find shifts for me and figure all that stuff out. So, um, so, you know, it was, it was interesting. Um, I haven't done it in a couple of weeks, but you know, a shift will pop up every now and again. And, you know, I just, it, I've gotten, I've gotten used to it now where it's like, I'm not as worried or as concerned um, because we do have masks and, you know, I, you have the option to wear gloves and, you know, you're, again, you're just talking to people. I'm not actually, you know, in a, in an emergency room or, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, in a, like a, a really, really super high traffic setting. Um, I'm in a, a big lobby basically. So, you know, there's not, you're not coming into contact with people constantly. Um, so like I've, I've gotten used to it. It's, it wasn't too bad. So, you know, the next time I'm called upon to go out there, like it's, it's cool. It's not a problem. Um, so that, and, um, uh, a lot of working out from home, I will say like, I've had people message me or whatever. I've talked to people talk about, or I've seen people, you know, on talk shows and podcasts and or heard all that stuff. You know, some people are bored. Um, I haven't really been bored. I haven't really been stir crazy for the most part. Uh, I realize I am pretty much a homebody for the most part. Like, so I, I like, I've been okay with having to stay home. Um, it's different, not hang out with friends and stuff like that. That sucks obviously, but it's like, I'll see him again. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm patient enough where I can, I can get through that. Um, so I've occupied, right. <laughs> so I've occupied my time with, uh, just like home workouts and stuff, just like working out in the garage, working out, man, I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm still not in the shape where I can work out without a shirt on without <laughs> a shirt. Um, but I'm wearing muscle shirts. So my arms are super tan, uh, because the past few weeks have been great outside. So, uh, you know, I'll get in a workout at noon, um, and finish my work day outside. Like I'll set up my laptop and just finish working after I'm done working out. So I've gotten a lot of sun over the past few weeks. Sorry to interrupt, but that's the one thing that really sucks about this whole thing. I don't think we've had nicer weather in April and May in Texas in the last 10 years. It is ridiculous. Every day is yeah. like, like the high is 85 and there's, a, nice, there's a breeze going through. It's like, it's, oh, it's, you can't go outside. It's good and bad. You cannot go outside. That Rona is waiting for you. <laughs> right. So like it's, it's good and bad because it's bad because like, oh, man, I, you know, we could go out. 
put apart. You know, this would be, it's also good in the sense, like, I would hate to have to be stuck at home and on top of it, like terrible weather, like at least I can look outside or go outside, you know, you know, in the driveway or whatever. And like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. But like, if it was constantly raining and like super humid and I was just looking at it outside from looking out from inside, like that would suck. Um, So it hasn't been too bad. Um, So I've been, you know, and Again, work, you know, so staying busy, you know, same workload, you know, a little more even. And so, uh, so I've stayed busy. I've kept myself occupied for the most part. And um, yeah, miss sports a little bit, but not too much. Um, wrestling yeah, is still going on, so we can still watch that. I, I have, I haven't been paying attention to wrestling since WrestleMania. <laughs> I think I maybe I'll catch one show a week and even then it's like a maximum of 30 35 minutes Mm -hmm. well the thing about wrestling now is that like because there's no crowds there's no it's really not live as much anymore you're getting more wrestling like so the matches have been pretty good um there haven't been too many goofy segments um promos have been okay you know not, not too bad uh, but again, that's weird, seeing two people argue in an empty warehouse. Um, but again, the matches have been fine; they've been really good, even like, and they've given certain performers like extra time, you know, for various reasons. But so, like, the quality of matches have been there, and you know, it's been it's been entertaining. You know, for, it's been um, admirable for what they're working with. Mm-hmm. Doing the best they can under these situ- under these circumstances. Uh, well, I guess let me just say a little bit about what's going on in my over here in my life. So, also, real quick, a yeah, lot of staying home too. Like, yeah. I'll get takeout every now and again, um, but I still wear a mask. You know, when I yeah. pretty much if I go anywhere, um, and yeah, that's about it. Just a lot of staying home and. Uh, it's not really branching out too much. Plus, there's really nowhere to go. Like, everybody was excited about things opening up, like, here in Texas. But it's like mm-hmm. – so, like, part of the reason everybody was complaining – like, one thing, you know, one of the things that, you know, was causing people to go so, so stir crazy was like, oh, I have to stay home. I have to sit on my couch all day. Like, there's nothing I can do. So what's the first thing they open? They open up the goddamn movie theaters where you're going to go sit on your ass for two hours like you were just doing. To see to see what movies. Exactly. Every movie has either been uh, postponed or has gone to direct release. Exactly. So what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to leave my house to go to a movie theater. I'm already sitting down yeah. most of the day. Yeah. Why, why am I going to go pay to see a terrible movie and sit, you know, in the theater right now, I'll go back to the theater eventually, but not right now. And two, where else am I going to go? Am I going to go to Marshall's going to go to Ross? Like those are really, you know, retail stores are open. I, I've already got everything I need. I bought it on Amazon or I bought it online or whatever, you know, it's, I don't need to go to those stores right now. You know, it's, it's silly that, you know, we're, people were excited that these places are open and I'm definitely not going to go to a restaurant. And for no. me, it's like I spend too much money on stuff inside my house 
to not use it during a quarantine. <laughs> right. Uh, right. I have in my house. I have a PlayStation and Xbox, two switches, uh, cable, all these streaming channels. I'm thinking about getting that HBO now, and it's like I have all this stuff I paid for. I can just stay home. Like I'm not rushing out there to get sick and you know end up yeah. in the hospital. It's just stay home people it's not like you're just sitting at home knitting a sweater you have options just calm down but um <laughs> all right getting back to what's happened so far so like i said earlier i'm an essential worker so i've been at work the entire time um we have new uh guidelines because uh i don't know if i told you but one of my coworkers actually came down with the coronavirus he tested positive wow i think yes. i saw that on, i think i saw you tweet that yeah okay so he was out for two weeks they had a crew come come in and clean up everything and uh ever since then it's just been that was just regular cough folks that was not a corona cough (laughs) yeah it's been business as usual um see i got a promotion got a raise hey congratulations thank you sir uh i told you like i told you earlier offline that we moved to a bigger apartment so now instead of before in our other apartment, my son was his room was just like a den area, and now he actually has a um, a door in his room, so we go in there and close the door and ignore us. Very cool. Yeah, he's seven going on seventeen with his attitude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's about all that's happened to happened to me, you know, between your schedule and then uh, I don't know. I'm when's the last time you moved? moved yeah uh me personally uh it's a few years yes it's a terrible experience moving like it even though we're in the same apartment complex we were just right around the corner that move drained me and also come out with the fact like it rained the last day of the move and so <sighs> yeah moving stuff in from the u-haul truck i got wet and i guess i got sick just regular sick but it was just a sickness that i couldn't um, I couldn't shake for like mm-hmm. two weeks. Well, yeah, like a week and a half. And then it's like between that and your schedule, it's like it was just impossible for us to do the podcast. Because, you know, once you're yeah. sick, it's like, I don't want, you know, I still went to work, come home, and it's like, I don't want to do anything. Exactly. You know, and, you know. Oh, oh one more thing. Like I, my, like I said, my son, he's seven. He, there is no school. So right, doing, oh man, yeah, they are doing the uh, remote learning where they still have to do things online, and he still has assignments to turn in. And they have, um, I don't know if it's Zoom or something else, but basically it's a Zoom-like feature where he can still talk to his classmates, and then mm-hmm. every day they get we get together and tell little stories, and he likes down there talking about what he's doing in his Animal Crossing island, and. Uh, it's real cute how the kids are still able to inter- interact and everything, but sure. it's not, it's not the same as you know going to school and having recess and actually having you know actual contact with someone. So of course, and especially at that age, like yeah. those are you know those are critical years of of development, social development. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I you know it sucks. It, it definitely sucks. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for. The little guys and gals. Yeah. And he totally knows what's going on because we tell him. So <laughs> one day he was in his room, he was upset. And I went there, it's like, oh, I asked him what's wrong. He was like, I hate this coronavirus. I can't see my friends. Oh, 
it's sucks. It's like my heart breaks, and it's like I would do anything to get this over, this over for you as soon as possible. But yeah, no, of course. I don't know when schools are going to be open. I know they're talking about, hey, maybe we can get back in December. That's a lot. I mean, I mean. That's a long ways away. It goes by. And, and honestly, like this whole thing has, it, it's gone by quickly. Like, like I said, I just noticed it's been two months since I've been working from home. I mean, it, it, it feels like it's gone by quick in terms of that, like for me at least. So I imagine December could, you know, it could sneak up on you pretty quickly. You know, we'll see how it goes. Um, and nobody's going to go to school in December. Yeah. Uh, what did, what lessons have you learned during this quarantine? Because I've learned two big ones. What lessons have I learned? Yes. Um, man, that's a good question. Um, when, it comes, when it comes to me, there's one lesson I've learned and one that, that I've already knew that has been solidified. <laughs> that's very cool. It's just reinforced my hygiene. Mm, oh, yes. I mean, you know, washing my hands a little more regularly washing them when I get home from somewhere, you know, that isn't my parents' house or, you know, my grandmother's house, you know. I was, uh, I was sick. When I was sick, I, was, I just kept thinking to myself, I've never washed my hands more in my entire life. And I'm getting, and I got sick and I stayed sick. It didn't make any damn sense. I'm washing my hands like it's military every hour on the hour. And I got sick. My hands were peeling at one point. Uh, they, they got dry <laughs> yes. at one point. I was washing them so much. You can clap and start a goddamn fire. I know that thing. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I can't really, I can't really pinpoint like a lesson that I that I've learned. I mean, I'm not perfect by any chance, by any stretch of the imagination. But I feel like I've always been kind of a germaphobe, and or sort of, you know, borderline germaphobe. Like, I hate when people stand close to me in line, like uh, if I'm getting coffee somewhere like i give people i've always given people especially women because that's another thing it's like you know i don't think a woman wants a i think most women want some strand strange man standing very close to them that's kind of creepy in my mind and i don't like when people stand close to me in line but i you know I, what, what am i gonna do I'm gonna throw an elbow um so i've always kind of given people that space um it's just kind of, I guess, just reinforce that. Just kind of keep that going. Um, but maybe I'm not thinking outside the box. Uh, I'm interested to see the lesson you've learned. All right. Or, so or hear the lesson you've learned. So first one, the one lesson that's being reinforced, there are just people out there that don't give a damn about anything unless it happens to them. And oh, yeah. Of living, course. Living in Texas, we've seen that, considering that the state just reopened even though we don't have enough tests for people. And it's just like, people are just like, oh, I need to go out and do this and that. I need a haircut. I want to go out to the bar. I want to do this. Like, I don't know if you've seen the video, uh, but I see a video on Twitter where it's a hookah, hookah bar in the Galleria, and it's just stacked full of people. Yeah, I saw that this morning. And I'm like, oh god, this is this crazy. It's crazy. It's like, is this really that important? And like, there's one guy who has a mask on, but his mask is around his chin. So it's like, well, he's probably okay, sitting by buddy. himself. 
no, no rules of like, talking to him. Oh, no. he, he just walked he just walked by the camera and I was like, okay, so you had the mask on, it's completely useless. You might as well just keep it in your damn pocket. Yeah. And the second lesson I learned, like no one out there should ever feel ashamed for living paycheck to paycheck. Because apparently these goddamn companies do the same thing. Yeah. Man, you know. What is it, like two weeks and the airlines need a bailout? It's unbelievable. And every, um, you know, apartment place, like, can't afford to let you skip a month on rent because they do, they're going to be in trouble with the banks. It's like, what the hell did y'all do with that deposit money? When I move in, I gave you the first and the last. What happened to the last? Y'all spent all this already? Yeah, it's it's very, very shocking to see so many businesses crumble as quickly as they have. I mean, I understand, you know, a bad economy, mm-hmm. companies going under, but we were supposed to have a strong economy. The stock market was at an all-time high, and it dropped. I mean – Drop hotter than any hot potato you've ever seen. It's like these billionaires may have money, but they have no eye. They have no idea how to do long-term planning. And once the money's gone, it's gone. It's gone because they're giving themselves themselves these huge, crazy-ass bonuses. And we will talk about a billionaire who, or a millionaire who appears to be broke later on today. <laughs> but uh, one thing that this has, but, like, r- real quick. I know we talked about what we've been up to and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I, you know, should have started out the beginning of the episode saying, yeah. talking about right now, right now, because mm-hmm. nothing is guaranteed but right now, how fortunate I am. I feel, you know, I, I know it sucks having to still get up and go out there every day, but like, I think we sh- we should still be fortunate that we still have jobs we're still employed, you know, that nothing has changed in that regard, you know, for us, for me and you, like, I'm still getting paid what I was, you know, my wages haven't been cut or anything like that. And I'm still, you know, I'm still making my money. Um, Well, well, I'm I'm crossing my fingers right now because there have been rumors of furloughs. Yeah. No, it's, you know, and we've kind of seen it too where we're at. Um, because we have research facilities that got shut down because, you know, there's no activity going on. So, you know, I've been been fortunate right now. Um, and again, like I said, nothing is guaranteed, you know, these hospitals, go ahead. Oh, these furloughs are coming down because the city just not making money. They say that the deficit is going to be worse than it was the year Harvey hit. Jesus. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's bad, you know, and we're so far, you know, knock on wood, you know, we're. No, I have no wood. This floor is fake wood. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. What what we need is that the government to come through with another one of those stimmies. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, wouldn't be mad at it. Wouldn't turn it down, that's for sure. I didn't turn it on that first one. Let me tell you that. No, it came and went, the, though. <laughs> you, and I was, uh, I got that 1200 and it went straight to my car note and car insurance. And it was, that was half of it already. Yeah, yeah. Damn me for being responsible. Right. 
Uh, all right, man. Like always, great catching up. So uh, I guess time to move on to our topics. So I'm ready. We're talking sports, sports, sports. Um, so we're going to be talking about each individual sports uh, reaction to the coronavirus and the plans for coming back or starting the season uh, in the case of MLB and NFL. So uh, let's start with the NBA, the last sport we talked about before everything went to hell. They, I mean, it's the NBA is the most interesting, I think, because they got hit in the middle of the season. Yeah. Baseball hadn't started. Football had just ended. You know, we were getting ready. We should be in, what, the game seven of the first round right now? Yeah. This week? Game, yeah. Yeah. Or game one. I don't know. If, I mean, the playoffs are still ridiculously the long. The playoffs anyways. should be going. should be going on as we speak right, right. now. And then, uh, so have you seen uh, basically the players who are on non-playoff teams don't want to go back to, like, let's just start with the playoffs? No. Oh, yeah. It came, this came out ESPN, um, I think, yesterday or Wednesday, where the non-playoff teams were like, let's just go with the playoffs. They're conceding. Yeah, because – so most teams have played somewhere between 55 to 57 games. So they would have a training camp and then come back and play, like, what, two, three weeks and then go go back home. It's like – we don't even – why am I even leaving the house? Right. If I'm 15 games out, there's – Yeah, if you're like the Golden, the Golden State Warriors who have won, I think, like 17 games this year, you're not making anything up. Just stay home. Right. Stay home and collect that number one pick. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, have, what about their plans have you heard? Because I've heard so many things like – some practice facilities have opened up depending on what state you live in. Uh, I haven't heard 100% what their plan is for where the games are going to play, play because it keeps changing. I heard uh, Las Vegas. I've heard of Florida. What do you think? Yeah, the most interesting thing, or I guess the most consistent thing that I've heard is this idea of, you know, um, bringing everybody into one or two locations, mm-hmm. Florida, Vegas, or Nevada, um, Disney world, wherever. Um, and just have everybody housed in those areas and they just play in that one city, you know, that one arena every night or whatever. Um, but States have like, you know, some States are open, some are not, some are close to reopening some are not even considering it mm-hmm. um I mean, like you know we've talked about florida seems like i mean they're they seem more well they're definitely more willing to do it than anybody um and i think arizona is another one so you know it's interesting to see how quickly they can get that up and running um that's kind of really the only thing that I've I've kind of heard about over this whole time. Um, and it's uh, – I will say this. I am I'm surprised how much pushback we haven't seen from owners in terms of, hey, we got to get this thing going. You know, 
when these old billionaires are taking it as seriously as they've taken it, you know, I think that should open a lot of eyes. I mean, these guys are losing money every day. Um, and they're not crying about it as much. Yeah, I agree with you. I really haven't heard compared to baseball. I really haven't heard any owners come out and say anything. Um, I think that it's just because they, for a lot of them, they've already made the majority of their money from right. compared to like a, an airline, yeah. not just sports, but I'm talking about any kind of corporation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've made the majority of their money. So, and they still got money to make because everybody wants to come out and play this year and then get the playoffs over, over with. Um, so you're right about that. The owners have been quiet and it just seems like compared like we'll talk about baseball later, but it just seems like everybody just cooperating really well and trying to find the right time to get the games back. In the state. Right. And, you know, again, at, at this point, they should just go into the playoffs That's what I'm and saying. just be done with it. There's no reason for the last place team in basketball to be playing right now. Yeah, you know, you, there should be like a two-week training camp and have all the, the playoff games take take place in somewhere like Vegas or uh, some, you know, make a, a big tournament out in Florida and just get the games over with. I don't see any reason why we need the more people that you have that you have playing, the more lives that you endanger. So right. your plans come back. Let's just go to the playoffs, sixteen teams, and let's make a just make a run for it. Yeah, just you know, look at them as essential personnel. Essentially, really? yeah. If you're a playoff team, we need you. We need you for the playoffs. If you're not, we'll see you in, in October. Before I move on to my last thing I want to say about uh, basketball, have you been watching the uh, the Last Dance, the Jordan Doc? I have not, and oh. I think I'm going to binge it after it's over. Okay, well, I hear it's amazing. It is. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> like this is our childhood because we grew up watching. This is when I really was watching basketball. Yeah, uh, watching the Rockets, and now I get the full story about the Bulls because even though I knew the Bulls and Jordan and Pippen and Rodman and guys like that, like in the behind the scenes and getting them to actually come out and tell their stories after all this time is crazy. Because I don't know if you know the um, the they had the camera crew follow them for that entire '98 season, the last yeah. season, of the Last Dance. I mean. And they've just been sitting on that because they couldn't get permission from everybody. And if I remember, if I remember this correctly, like the guy who, who the producer, the the director of the doc, he was talking to Michael Jordan, and he like, he just hit it off with him like so fast that they were able to finally get permission and go around and get this done with, and like, it's amazing how they got all these interviews and like it's just because like all the like everyone else has the interviews with the with the producer and director and such and then 
when they talk to Michael, Michael sees everybody's interviews and then talks about it. Oh. So you're like getting his genuine reaction of what happened. And like they talk, they go into everything. Like even though it shows that 98 season, they talk about um, Michael growing up, Pippen. Um, did you know that Scottie Pippen, like his dad, got paralyzed and his brother got paralyzed in like high school and so like when he got to the league he was like very money conscious because he knew it all, he basically knew he all, it all going in a flash and so that's why he signed that terrible deal he got and why like he was like the 10th best player in the 90s but had like the 210th most valuable contract something like that yeah that like, was shocking to hear. I heard about that and that was just Shocking. So he he basically just took the first offer that was made to him. They gave him, I think it was like, it was some terrible contract. It was like eight years, $17 million. And like, yeah, you got $17 million, which is good for like if, if when he signed it. But then he became Scotty Pippen, you know, right. one, of the, one of the best players of all time. And then you get to see why, you know, he, him and Jordan had an issue with um, Tony Kukoc. Uh, they show footage of him at, uh, you know, after he retired and he came back to show footage of him playing in Space Jam with, this, with the people in the green suits for the CGI. <laughs> it's, uh, like, it's, a, it's amazing. Like, it really has me sitting here wondering what they could do next like another 10 part documentary they can do and like i will i already have the team in mind and the, and the decade i want to do a 10 part series on the 90s cowboys 90s cowboys yes oh boy have you ever read uh uh named jeff perlman the book he read about the cowboys I have it here somewhere. I'll, I'll let you borrow it. But, like, you'll read that. Read, I'll give you the book. When you read that, you'll be like, I want this into – I want to make this into a documentary. I don't care how many parts it is. <laughs> it literally had a house called the White House that they – that some guys put, got together and purchased that was in the rich white part neighborhood where they had hookers and blow at all times. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to stray away from basketball, that's got to be it. That's good. Great. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I got off that tangent. Uh, last thing I want to talk about NBA, uh, Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Houston Rockets, is he a broke boy? Is what? Is he a broke boy? <laughs> is he a broke boy? Yeah. And was he broke before the coronavirus hit. Because, oh, no, of course not. Because well, I think last year he had such an aversion of paying the luxury tax. Daryl Morton basically made all these moves to make sure they, they weren't paying the tax, which, in my honest opinion, made the team worse off. But this, this year he took out a $300 million loan at 13% interest rate. Good Lord. 13% interest rate 
on $300 million. First off, congratulations. Once again, white people can find other white people to give them a crazy amount of money. And secondly, it's rough. It must be rough as a rough out there for that man. What is he getting a $300 million loan for? I Because, okay, because all his money comes from casinos and restaurants. You know what right. people aren't doing right now? Uh, yes, right, right. Oh, so this was recent, you said? Yes, this happened within the last month. Oh, my God. Yeah. Man, I guess things are worse than we imagined. Like, how much? What's the biggest loan you think you can get right now with your credit? Two thousand, three thousand. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it ain't three hundred million. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? You know who should mm. be worried? Mm. I know it's been a couple of years, but oh, Les better make sure that check cleared. Les got out. That's the first thing he did. I guarantee that old man got out with all his money. <laughs> you don't want old people running up on you needing money. That's you don't or. Needing their money because they ain't got nothing to lose. They ain't right. got nothing to lose. Oh, yeah. $300 million alone. I mean, I understand why business, like, if you need to borrow $300 million at that interest rate, I can understand why you want the country to reopen. Sure. You don't pay that money back, they're going to find you in the middle, in the middle of the Gulf. Yeah. Right. Or, Anything? you know, you might trip over him <laughs> on the golf course. Yeah. Um, no, for basketball, no, that's it, man. I, you know, it's um, – I have this theory, though, real quick about basketball. Yeah, go ahead, man. You heard how Mark Cuban has been pretty cooperative with this administration – since all this happened, you know, he's hasn't been too critical. Um, he's been pretty much willing to help, mm -hmm. you know, offer his input mm -hmm. during this whole crisis. And I think I know why, <laughs> because before that, he was always very critical of the president and, and whatnot. Um, I think I figured it out, though. There was a story um, that Luca went back to Lithuania when all this started. Oh, so he needs, like, he may not, he may be banned from coming back in. Right. So I, I feel like, you know, he's, he's, um, trying to grease the wheels. Playing nice, playing nice to a cash in a favor later on. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm, this is, we're not, this one, not political, but if we've seen anything over the last three years, it's, the presidency has become a Bob boss. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm say about it. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Let's let that go. So and it, and oh. Cubans playing ball. Yeah. I mean that's it seems like uh, that's yeah. that's just my theory. Uh, that's just kind of, kind of put that together a few days ago, but um, uh, I, it's true that he's in Lithuania. <laughs> I mean, you, know, not, you never know. And it's not a conspiracy theory if it actually makes sense. That makes sense. Right. All right, moving on to MLB. 
the first thing I wrote down was players versus owners. That old song to dance. Is it that time already? Yes. So uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, when everything's going down and Major League Baseball shut down, the owners went to the players and basically made a deal with them that they would get a prorated salary. So it's looking like I think the plan is 82 games. So they would get about, let's just say half of what they're, what they're guaranteed. So like you mm-hmm. guarantee 16 million, you're only going to make eight and so on. Apparently, the owners did not realize, because once again, billionaires have no ability to think forward, that they will be playing all the games without fans. Right. And since in the last couple of years, the fans, the gate between ticket sales, um, food, things like that is made up about 35 to 40% of MOB's total gross. The owners went back to the players and they've asked them to take another haircut. So, I don't know if you heard, uh, what's his name, Lake Snow? Snow? Yeah, pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, former uh, Cy Young winner. I was this close to calling him the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I have no idea why. It just popped in my head. Ace pitcher. Yeah, ace pitcher. He came out on a stream uh, last night and basically said, if they want us to pay to play for the salary that they're saying they want to give us, I'm not doing it. And I know people are complaining or have complained. So I did some math. So I went to uh, SportTrack, the uh, website I go for the contract, and see that he's in the second year of a five-year, $50 million contract, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And as you know, contracts is not just five times 10, there's escalators. So this year he was scheduled to make $7.6 million before Corona. After Corona, it's going to be about $3.8 million. If the owners come to him and ask for him to take, well, basically what he said would be a 33% cut. Let me do the math on that real quick. So $3.8 million times, you will get 66%, $2.5 million, a little bit over $2.5 million, divided by 7.6. So he would be making a third of the amount of money that he was scheduled to make before everything got shut down. Now, that's before we include taxes. Because even though he plays in Florida in sports, you get taxed by where you play that game. So he would get be taxed in like if he plays in Boston, he would get hit with a Massachusetts tax. Plays in New York, you get hit with with something from New York. So I don't know the math because all these damn tax plays different. But we're talking about taxes, we're talking about agent fees. So he's probably would make. What do you think? A little bit over, let's say, $1.6 million? 
Uh, yeah, I would say one and a half. That is six million dollars gone from what I thought I was going to make this year. Yeah, I don't blame him for saying I'm not taking another haircut. I already, I already did this, and it's not the players' fault that the owners were too damn dumb to realize. Hey, social distancing, distancing means people may distance themselves. From the field, we may have no choice but to keep the fans out. And also, like, I don't understand why people think this is another tangent. Why people think like fans or even shoppers and that are going to come flocking to do things again. Like, even if you open up the baseball stadium, we're like, hey, you can come in and do whatever you want. You know, let's fill it up. Like, I don't see any. Like, I don't expect any sellouts to any games. Especially in Florida, where they weren't selling out to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, someone made, someone made that joke about uh, Marlon, uh, not Marlon's, but Mariners fans should be used to playing with no fans. Right. Yeah. Rays fans, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and look at it this way. You're not – I mean, you're, you're obviously not getting a full season. You're not getting a full 162 mm-hmm. ball games. So, man, I mean, you're not even making half. Even if, even if the season is cut in half, you're still not you, – let's say we play half the season. You're not making half that money. I mean, you're, you're making significantly less. Yeah. And, you know, a million dollars for 82 games. I mean, you know, in normal times we would be scoffing at this. How could a, what, you know, who do these players think they are? But I mean, you know, we have to be realistic that we, you need fan. I mean, you need the fans. Sports need the fans more than anything, really. I mean, you know, we're talking about paying millions of dollars to these ball players, these athletes. And, you know, if there's no fans there, there's no money coming in. You know, how, how, you know, yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird. Getting, it's a weird debate. Yeah, and baseball, they still get their their national TV money, their regional TV money. But if I'm the players, I'm like, hey, we had a deal. I I gave. I'm giving back fifty percent. That's what we agreed to in March, and it's not my fault that you didn't realize that things would be different. Like there wouldn't be any fans. You're the you're the billionaire. You're supposed to be smart, right? Or you're at least supposed to have the smart people around you. Yeah, it's like, did you think everything was just gonna, you know, change and you know everything's gonna be okay? Like people are not gonna come out to sporting events like they used to until there's a vaccine. And like the earliest for that is like, I think what I think you said twelve to eighteen months. So we're looking at 2021 at the earliest. Mm-hmm. So if you're a baseball owner, what, I mean, in hindsight, what should we, what should have been done? I mean, what could have been done? I mean, if you're a baseball owner, the first thing would, I feel like a lot of these guys are just too optimistic. Like they don't understand like this shit is bad and it might just stay bad. Mm-hmm. So if you're a baseball owner, like, 
or you're not listening to anything that any kind of doctor, anybody with initials after the name was telling you. But, okay, if you're an owner right now, you may just have to eat the ceiling and operate at a loss. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think they would have just canceled the season and just wait till next spring? Do you think that's something that they should have done or that could have been, uh, you know, some, you know, uh, the ultimate decision? For me, that's, that's never an option because I'd rather get 50% of my money than 0% of my money. Mm -hmm. Now, I say that not knowing how TV contracts are, like, do the owners still get their regional TV money and national TV money, even though there won't be a season? I don't know. But I'm sure, like, in any contract, there is a uh, – what's what I'm looking for? Not pandemic, but, like, emergency or – Disaster. Case, yeah, disaster clause. Thank you. This is a disaster clause. And I wouldn't be surprised if – owners turn TV TV's like well since you can't do this we can't give you any money so for me I think I'd still think like if I was a if I had to bet on it I would still bet that we have a season mm -hmm. and the owners are just gonna if they this year they go into the into the red that's what's gonna be because the last thing you want is if you Last thing you want to do is lose a season, and okay, so all your profits gone, everything. So then next year you have to come back with an empty slate. You may have lost fans, and that's the real reason why some of these leagues are doing everything they can. Like we'll talk about UFC later, why they're doing everything they can to not go, not cancel seasons. Because if you cancel, there's no guarantee that you'll be able to get those fans back. It's another reason why I'm, I'm looking like things like restaurants while they're trying to get people back in. Once people realize they don't need you anymore, like once you learn you can cook and you don't need the restaurants, instead of going right. or ordering there two, three times a week, it may be somewhere you only order once a month. And for sports, it's, if you have people who are like, well, I missed an entire season. So instead of getting the 42-game package for the Astros, I, I only need 10 games. Mm -hmm. You're going to be losing that money. And if, so the problem is – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, all sports are going to have that problem now with uh, – I was just thinking about with – no one in the field because let's be honest going to a game sucks there's traffic tickets <laughs> like if i i go with my girl and my son to an astros game i'm spending at least a hundred to 125 dollars at least and that's if we get the cheap tickets right and that's that's if he doesn't want a jersey because God knows his Altuve jersey that he's he's asking a little snug. <laughs> so if you know you go there, you get food, tickets, parking, parking is such a crazy uh, jersey. If you could be spending anywhere from a hundred and like it's a hundred dollars all the way up to three hundred dollars once you include like jersey and stuff like that. And you know I got this 
great HDTV. And yeah, and if I'm not spending money on tickets, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna buy a bigger, nicer 4K TV. Right. And just park my ass in front of, in front of the TV. Because like, like you know where I live. I live over here right by um, NRG Stadium. Do you know how many mm-hmm. Texas games I've been to in the five years I've lived over here? I'll say one, but I know the answer. The answer is less than one. <laughs> right. Because even just walk, even within walking distance, it sucks having to deal with people. And that's the number one thing. People are just assholes inside stadiums. You and I have both seen that multiple times. So, We've seen the best and worst of people. Yeah, worst and, and most. But that's what we're going to see. We're going to see these these leagues do everything they can to get people back in just because they do not want to lose people for the long term. Right. The only thing – I think the one sport of the majors mm-hmm. that's insulated, I feel like more the better than most is football because it's once a week. Yes. yes so it's only, like – There's only 16 of them. Right. So I'm already used to not needing you every day, mm-hmm. every night. You know, because that's but more, it's a condition where like it's an once event. a week is good. Yeah, it's yeah. an event compared to baseball where there's a game every day, every day, and basketball where there's three or four a week. Right, and you and your family are not going to go to a bit to a ball game every night, especially if you're forking over that kind of cash. Yeah, very they, few families do. <laughs> the last time I did that was back in 2015 when I worked there. The days are over. Right. Okay, so what do you think about the new the rules that they're uh, talking about for the baseball season? There'll be a universal DH. Um, they're doing regionalized uh, divisions to reduce travel. Basically, if you're in, for example, if you're in the NL East, you would take on all NL East teams and AL East teams only. And they've also ex- uh, ex- expanded the the playoffs, I think, yeah, I'm trying to see how many teams. I can't see it on top right now. 14 teams now, or for at least this year. So what do you think about all that? <coughs> um, I'm okay with the Universal DH for now, for this season. I mean, ultimately, I guess it's going to have to – happen you know it'll have to be permanent question are you pro or anti-dh i'm a traditionalist for now like i you know we grew up with the astros in the nl obviously that's changed um i don't really i don't really have a, a complete opinion on it because like i'm not gonna lose my shit over over it if they if they say okay national league is all dh now you know, I'm still going to watch baseball. Um, so I'm okay with, with whatever decision they make in terms of DH. Right now, I'm okay with it, especially because, um, you know. You're not Alvarez. Right. <laughs> and, you know, let's, let's further minimize risks with pitchers. Mm-hmm. You know, this is yeah. already a short season. God, what was that pitcher that, with the Yankees? He, um, back when the Astros were in the NL and they had a series Tanaka. here. No, not Tanaka. It was uh, it wasn't Asian pitcher. It, 
he was agent. I don't remember his name, but like he was with the Yankees and like uh, he he batted and he got on base and he came around and like he hurt his foot crossing like coming home and like he he was like never the same. Damn, what's the Yankees picture? Super racist Asian Yankees <laughs> picture. Oh, Let's see. Uh, Chen Meng Wong? Yes, that Chen was Chen Meng Wong. Yes. Yes, I got it first. <laughs> Taiwanese pitcher. Uh, Taiwanese. I knew, I, I just want to say Asian. I didn't want to be like, oh, he's Japanese. I want to be right, right. I came close. So I, will, <laughs> I will admit that. Yeah, but, but like, I'm, I'm Hispanic. I can, I can admit that I came close. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was, he, was hitting was hitting and he like hurt his leg or his foot rounding the bases and mm-hmm. I remember like this the Steinbrenners were like pissed they were like because at the time he was one of their better pitchers and they're like you know a pitcher shouldn't be hitting we just lost this guy for the entire season and if I remember correctly he was never the same after that he went to the Nationals and no yeah no he definitely was not yeah so for me personally I am like I want all the DH because having the pitcher hit for me just feels a little cheap. Like you just walk the eight guy and, you know, you have an easier time with the, uh, with the pitcher, you get easy out. And right. And, and now that, you know, the, the team that I root for, the team that we root for the Astros, I mean, now that they're American league, it's like, we're already used to it. So it's like, what the hell, you know, everybody's got to, why not everybody do it? I mean, yeah, everybody's going to be used to it. And, for all you D, for you all you you know pitching purists out there, the pitchers got to hit that thing. The DH is never going away because the players' union would throw a fucking fit if you try to get rid of those jobs. Right, DHs are like said, some of the highest paid players in the league. There's no way though that job's going anywhere. Well, you can thank Big Poppy for that. I mean, yeah. you know he, you know he. He's not the only one, but like him and Edgar Martinez are like yes. the godfathers of DHing essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but again, like you know, if they change it permanently, I'm okay with it. If they just do it temporarily and they go back to pitchers hitting next year, I'm okay with that too. Like you know, it's not going to change the way I I watch the game or my interest in the game because um, it never it never did. You know, even before. You know, I kept rooting for the Astros even when they moved over. You know, so as much of a as much of a purist as I think I am, maybe I'm not because I was like, fine, you know, okay, they're in the American League now. We get a DH, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. we get a DH. Yeah. And if we didn't, you know, that's cool too. Um, we just go with so, the flow, right? So, like, that's okay. I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, whatever decision they make on that. Um, the regional leagues, I guess, uh, that's okay too. I mean, these teams play each other at least 10 times a year anyways. Um, and this is a short season. I mean, it's going to be 80 games, 82 games or whatever, something like that. So you're only going to play these teams a few extra times than normal. Um, 
And if there's no, again, if there's no fans, then it's like the fans aren't getting bored at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, it might affect how they watch it on television at home. But if you're desperate for sports, as so many people claim they are, then you're going to keep watching the Astros play the Rangers, you know, this, this is gonna be a 20 times, 30 just, times instead of 15 times. It's just going to be a lot of late games. Yeah, that's true. All right. Both for the Astros and the Rangers, because you have to take on both L.A. teams, Oakland, Seattle, Arizona, Colorado, and uh, San Diego and San Francisco. That's like one. Right. That's the only thing I didn't like about the move to the American League was it changed when I watched the games. That was the only, it's the only thing I don't really like. I still haven't gotten over. I've missed a lot of, a lot of games since then because I just don't stay up that late to watch, you know, a full game, you know. Yeah, I just I just in this I just named five California teams and one team in Washington State. Mm-hmm. And for someone like me who has to get up at five in the morning for work, that's a lot of games I'm gonna miss, buddy. Yeah. Uh but anything else about baseball? And what was the other what was the other change? Uh playoffs, expanded playoffs. Um Yeah, I mean, why not? Cuz it's like, like with basketball, we already know who's in and who's out. Mm-hmm. So there's really no reason to make these guys play. Um but if everybody's starting with a clean slate with a clean slate now for baseball, sure, give a few extra teams a chance and that would kind of mix it up as well anyways so you know you you know you'll get yeah you'll get more teams and more exposure and uh it'll give it'll give people a reason to tune in more i guess because that team you normally wouldn't see in the playoffs oh look they're in the playoffs this year let's check it out out of all the things that we just mentioned this is the one thing that I think is going to stay for 2021 and beyond just because having an extra playoff round means more money coming in. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, going forward, you know, they're going to, they're like always the, going to always looking for ways, new ways to make more money. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's the name of the game. Um, I don't really care for it because, you know, like I said, that's part of the reason why I don't really tune into basketball because, I mean, they play a full season in the postseason, basically. Um, and they're only going to keep doing that to every other sport. So it's like, man, that's – after a while, it's like, okay, I'm ready for – I'm ready for the break. You know, I'm ready to, to you know, want to – like, I'm ready to yearn for that sport again, you know. And if it's taking forever to finish, then, eh, you know, I get sick of it. So moving on, we're done with baseball. Uh, I had football down here, but I really don't have anything because their season is so far away, and the coronavirus situation is changing weekly. So I have nothing and, really for them for the NFL. I, I have right, something for really, I have something for college, but so but go ahead. There's really no negatives for the NFL right now. I mean, it's like football is king. And it's more so than ever because 
they're they're so far away until the season is supposed to begin. Yeah. Um, the only thing of note is that a lot of training camps are getting canceled, if not all of them. So it's incumbent on the players to stay in shape. Um, it kind of eliminates this, these mandatory and uh, voluntary camps that we dissect and kind of, you know, make big to-dos about, mm-hmm. you know, when players show up and when they don't show up. So it's like eliminate that drama um, gives, the, you know, eliminating that drama gives the players and the teams, you know, uh, you know, gives them more focus to get ready for the season. And it, it, um, it gives the owners, it gives the league a chance to better prepare, you know, and, and for September, mm-hmm. early October, you know, if, if, um, if they're not worrying about, Oh, this player didn't show up to camp, you know, that player is holding out because by not showing up to camp or whatever, you know, if you don't have to worry about that, then you can, you can divert that extra time to making sure we're ready, you know, doing everything we can to make sure that football starts on time or as close to, on, you know, closer to on time than most mm-hmm. than all these other, other leagues. So, you know, they're, they're in a great position right now. You know, they're getting to, um, they're getting to see how everybody else is doing it, how all these other sports leagues um, are operating and, you know, how they're planning and things like that. And they get to see, you know, they get to witness, watch what works, what doesn't, and kind of perfect or get closer to perfection than most. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, they're in a great position right now. Very much so. Um, like I said, I don't have much to say about the NFL. We were waiting to see college football. However, so first and foremost, first and foremost, the NCAA has already came, come out and said that they're not making any kind of ruling on what schools should do that allow every school to do whatever they want as far as having players on campus. But the state of California has already come out and said that there will be no students on campus for the twenty for the fall semester. So if wow. it's too if it's too dangerous to have students on campus for learning, it's probably too damn dangerous to have them on for for money making purposes. So if you take out the entire state of California, that's that's you USC. Uh, UCLA and even small as far as say that's so much money that an NCAA football is gonna lose. So honestly, I don't think we have college football this year. Or at the very least, it does not start on time. Like we may have some kind of spring ball, but we're not having college football starting in the fall. Yeah, I mean if you can't have you the know, kids there to learn, you cannot have them there to make money. Right. And if you ever, if you have, if the NCAA has any interest, any, the slightest interest whatsoever in, um, 
in, in helping change their image or the way that the majority of the public views them. And, mm-hmm. you know, and by that, I mean, not being money grubbing sons of bitches. Um, cancel the I, season. I mean, because they, they canceled the, the, the tournament March madness. So I got to give them props for that. You know, I talk shit about the NCAA being greedy as hell, not giving a damn about the children and being basically football, sports slavery. So I have to give them props when they decide, hey, let's do the right thing for once. Right. So so they did that. Let's so keep I would, that going. Yeah, I would, I'm, I'm telling people right now, I know there are a lot of sports fans and college football fans, some of the passionate sports fans out there. I don't – they're not starting on time. I would bet – I would bet my next check on that. There's no way they're starting on time. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's – Right. And it's unfortunate for draft prospects and whatnot. But, I mean, we're in a, in a situation that nobody was prepared for and nobody still really knows how to handle. So it's like, you know, cancel the season and, uh, you know, get these guys ready for the draft. You know, there's no reason. And, And again, in terms of kind of tweaking your image, what better way than to not put these guys at, at risk by flying them all over the country or busing them all over the state to play, you know, you know, UCLA versus USC every, every week. Some of these guys are going to refuse to play because even though they're in the prime of life, we've seen this virus take out people, you know, anywhere from teens up to 70. So everyone's, everyone's catch it. And, like, let's say the season doesn't start on time and it starts, like, they start tra- training in February for a March season, starting in March. If you're someone like Joe Burrow and the NFL draft is in June, July, why the hell would you even play? Right. Like, I hope – like all you LSU fans, I hope you took a lot of pictures and you enjoyed last year's season. Because I don't think, one, I don't think the NCAA comes back at all. And two, superstar players like like Joe Burrow, they're going straight to the league. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it's that's like the, that's the most college football talk we've ever had on this. Right, it's the most college football thought I've ever put into yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, you know, and again, these guys aren't getting paid. Yeah. Again, that also helps with your image. Don't make these guys that aren't getting a penny from you. I like how you threw in that from you because there are boosters. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Don't make them play. Yeah. Don't don't risk it. Don't force it. You know, football is always going to be there. Football is always going to be you know, popular. It's, it's never going away. And, you know, it's, it's a one-time deal. God willing, God willing, 
Five more woods and not gone. Right. God willing, this is a one-time deal for this generation in terms of everything. Not just sports, but, you know, bars and restaurants closing and, you know, all this stuff. You know, anything that you enjoy, you know, hopefully we won't have to go through this again. So let's just, you know, bite the bullet now. All right. So we're done with that. It's time to get to our main event, USC. The Ultimate Fighting Championship. Yes. The only sport in town. (laughs) And this is all yours. (laughs) Well, like I was, I got texted you the other day. If you, if you're jonesing for live sports this is the week to do it this has been the week to do it yeah i felt i felt the need for live sports until i logged on to espn plus and saw that the pay-per-view was 65 dollars yeah um it was worth it on saturday though it was a really good card um cash last night wednesday night yes the real question is is the UFC broke? Because that's the only thing that makes sense. I don't when you think look so. at how look how Dana White has been acting, like they need to get out there, like it's a priority. Like they, and if your priority is like we need to get out there because the American people need sports. Well, you know what? You don't make your damn pay per view sixty five dollars. You put it on for free, or at the very least, give a discount. So well, I'm asking you, Mister U, Mister UFC fan. Mr. In the Know. Dana Rock broke? Yeah? No. The UFC isn't broke. Um, The problem is a lot of the fighters aren't rich. And they're not – the contracts are not structured the way baseball contracts are structured. You know, you get paid per fight. Your contract is for five fights, you know, over three years or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. for example, you know – Five fights over two years or whatever. So you get paid per fight. You're not, you know, you're not getting paid for a season. Um, so I think, I feel like that's a another, I feel like they were under that kind of pressure in terms of, you know, and fighters don't make a lot of money to begin with anyways. You know, Saturday night we had, there was, there was guys that, you know, on the low, on the, you know, at the beginning of the night, you know, the, you know, the lower undercard, they were making, you know, maybe $20,000, you know, which, hey, I'd love to get $20,000 in one night, but I'm not willing to do it by getting my face smashed in. So, you know, if you're higher on the card and you get paid $500,000, yeah, you can make that money even after you pay taxes, pay your trainers, all that stuff. You can sit on that money for a while and be okay. But, you know, there are fighters that, you know, don't have that luxury yet. You know, they're still working their ways. They're still working their way up. So I feel like, you know, they kind of wanted to do right by the fighters for once, you know, or, you know, a, a rare time. And uh, two, they're not broke, but, you know, they want to make – they want bless you they want to make money just like anybody um the reporters they had over 700,000 pay-per-view buys 
And that came out to about $45 million. I did that quickly the other day. So, I mean, that's, that's a nice chunk of cashish to, you know, make in one night. That's a nice, oh, that's a nice chunk of change. My terrible Italian accent. But, and, you know, I know we talked, we, you mentioned not getting too political earlier. Um, Dana White's a, a Donald Trump guy. Yes, he is. I'm proud of him. Yeah, and so I think there was some pressure there, too. I, I, you know, and Dana, Dana White is not, he's not uh, Roger Goodell, thankfully, or <laughs> Adam Silver, you know, even, you know, uh, you know, these guys have been executives for these leagues for many years. And Dana White, the UFC, they just, they don't operate that way. They don't, they don't operate when I mean, they're a professional organization, but their top guy doesn't, he's, you know, he is not uh, an executive type. You know, he's, he's, he's not PC. He's not, um, he's not fragile with, with his words. Or not fragile, but he's he's more he he speaks his mind more, and um, so I think you know there's there's a combination of all of that. Like he doesn't want to sit on his thumbs, he doesn't want to be perceived as sitting on his thumbs. I'm sure there was pressure from the administration, pressure from the fighters. You know, there's a lot of elements I feel like that were working into it, and he got you know he got. He got put in check a few weeks ago, um, so he's not infallible. He's not, you know, the best. But, you know, Disney and ESPN, Disney, you know, everybody, everybody bows down to the mouse. Um, and Dana was no different because their, their pay-per-view was scheduled for April 18th. He had it ready on an Indian reservation in California in the middle of California's lockdown, but because they're not bound by, you know, federal regulations, Indian reservations, they could have it there. Um, but Disney stepped in and said, we want you to do this. We think it's right. We don't think it's a good image for the country right now, especially if we're trying to get people to lock down or to stay home. And, you know, so he, you know, he, he gave in. He wasn't happy about it, but he, you know, ultimately the mouse trumped everybody. Um, And, you know, he finally got the okay this past Saturday because Florida opened up and they were, they welcomed, they welcomed DFC with open arms. It's Florida. They're trying to get everybody. Any and everybody. (laughs) And so. You got money, we open. Right. So, you know, and. We don't charge state tax. So, I mean, it worked. I mean, it was a great night of fights. Uh, one fighter tested positive for COVID before. Yeah. Out of 24 fighters. Um, and he got sent home right away. Unfortunately, that fight got canceled. It was going to be a good fight. Jacques Souza and Uriah Hall, but um, – you know, so it wasn't a perfect night because somebody did test positive and 
you know, we had to, you know, but a lot of cards lose fights for various reasons. You know, some fighters don't make weight, fighters get injured. In terms of, you know, in terms of a fight running perfectly, it was, this was no different uh, because it wasn't a perfect card. Um, it was a great night of fights on Saturday. Wednesday night was a great night of fights. I mean, and that was free, that, or not free, but it was on ESPN+. Plus. So, like, you know, I think also ESPN. I don't, I don't remember. I only have ESPN+, Plus, so that's how I watched it. And this Saturday, there's another card uh, on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. So, Is this one pay-per-view as well? No, no, it's, it's on big ESPN. And that's a good card too, man. The main event is really interesting. It's uh, two heavyweights. Alistair Overeem was a long time, you know, long time heavyweight veteran. Ended Brock Lesnar's career for good. Uh, well, no, not for good, but back after Brock had his surgeries a few years ago. Um, sent Brock back to WWE. Basically, he kicked him in the in the liver <laughs> twice. Um, Against Walt Harris, who's a up and coming heavyweight, who mm-hmm. man had a went through a horrible tragedy last year. Um, him and Overeem were supposed to fight in December, but I think in November or late October, his stepdaughter got kidnapped, and she, they, you know, they unfortunately, yeah, she was abducted and you know she was murdered, and so obviously that fight was canceled. You know that. You know, this is his first his first fight in probably a, a year now, um, and definitely his first fight since that you know horrific tragedy. Um, it, man, it was it was awful. I mean, there were certain, you know she was like 19 years old. She was like a college freshman, and um, so this is a big fight for him. I mean, you know he's you know he's got a a whole new reason to to fight and you know keep fighting and stuff like that. Um, so that adds a level of intensity for that main event, um, for the card in general. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's been a good week of fights. Um, they're testing everybody. And, you know, Dana said last week, you know, we had one guy test positive. We might get somebody else. I mean, you just, when you're testing so many people, you never know. And it's, in, it's, it's impossible for the testing to go perfectly for every single person. You know, if you're testing 500 people, it's damn near impossible for all 500 to test negative. You know, there's, there's a chance you're going to get a, you know, a couple here and there. Yeah. Especially with the, and so far it's just been one fighter and one of his cornermen. Wasn't it two of his cornermen? I thought it was two guys. Two. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I just hope they're using the uh, correct testing because it just came out uh, last night that this quick test measure it also it, it carries a lot of like false uh, readings. Ooh. So I, I hope yeah. the like the sports leagues aren't using that. Like, which is weird to say. It's like, oh, I hope they're using the one that takes longer. Because, yeah, right. it's more accurate, but, like, by the time you get results back, <laughs> you may have contracted it in the three, day, three, four days it takes for it to be tested. The one that they're using, or the one that they tested, Jacare, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. who did test positive. I think it took a day and a half or two days. They didn't get the results. Okay. okay. He That's weighed cool. in. He weighed in Friday morning, yeah. the day before his fight. And that's when it was announced Friday afternoon that he tested positive. So, you know, he showed up on Wednesday and, you know, that wasn't announced until Friday. And he was at the hotel. He did the face off with his opponent. They all wore mat. He was wearing a mask and gloves and uh, his opponent did also. Um, but he had it that, that whole time. Um, so hopefully, yeah, yeah I, hopefully I, saw, using the- I, I saw the picture of him giving Dana a fist bump. Yeah. yeah so I was like, but I, I can't remember if he had gloves on or Dana did, but he's not. But I just hope he's, uh, Dana White's okay. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm even if we don't agree, agree politically, I want as few people getting sick and dying from this as possible. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, yeah, so uh, we've been talking for a long time, mm-hmm. and you know we could talk about the UFC for another thirty minutes. I could I'm because the fights are Saturday, <laughs> but we're not going to do that. We can't. But like I said, the fights on Saturday night on the pay per view were great. Um, the fights Wednesday night were really good, and this coming Saturday should be good. I mean, you know, it's another live sporting event you know it should be good you know especially if you're looking for sports to watch I mean, this is this is all you've got essentially yeah, um, that's it so well instead of yeah. I, I, instead of I, shit I, like anything instead of shitting on it people can just change the channel you know and just wait for for baseball or you know or uh hockey or whatever you know whatever whatever their their game is you know it's it's all good or they can be like me and uh, play MLB the show. That too. That might be the only baseball we get for a while. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned huh? video games because we were talking about it earlier. Tony Hawk, he's back. Yes, I am pumped. <laughs> I might have to get a PS4 for this. They, you can afford it with all the work you're putting in. They're not that. They're not that expensive, and. Just to play, like, I, the words, they fail me. I'm just ready. September 4th cannot come here fast enough. It's Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 for $40. Completely remastered. Dude, I mean, that brings, it brings back so many memories. Mm-hmm. Playing as a kid on, you know, PlayStation, you know, the original PlayStation. I mean, one of the funnest games I ever played. You know, one of the best soundtracks yes. for video games. I mean, just incredible. By far. By far, I can't wait. Did you? <laughs> the cat's looking at me like he wants to kill me, so I think we need to wrap this up. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing my voice. All right. Well, good. You know what we need to do what we finally need to do now that there are no sports. The movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the first one? We're doing Ang- Ang Lee's Hulk. I think Ang Lee's Hulk. I think that'd be a good one. Yeah. Let's see if we can knock that one out this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know what? S- Sunday, might, I might be able to watch it Sunday. All right. We'll talk about it for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll work all the kinks out. Yeah, we need to get that out just so we can put that out. Content, content is everything. People have nothing to do. They have no 
sports. Right. They can just listen to our nasally voices for two hours. <laughs> I must say, during this whole time, I'm I'm envious of people who are making these fantastical TikTok videos and viral videos and and you know short films and stuff. I'm not that creative. Um, or even people are doing like woodworking projects and you know rebuilding their gardens and stuff. You know their backyards. Like I, I just I don't have any of that in me. I'm just meat potatoes kind of guy. <laughs> well, you gotta do it like I do. You gotta just you know think of your good ideas in the shower and just move it, just write them down on your phone. Right. I need to start doing that. There's a lot that have gone away, gotten away from me. Yeah, and also make sure you keep it doing your phone and not in your notebook because you'll lose notebooks like I do. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, like always, great talking to you. It's great to get back into Definitely. You. And uh, now I have to go and edit this thing and get it out tomorrow for Friday podcast. First time in a long time. All right, man. All right, man. Like always, a pleasure. And uh, I'll speak to you this weekend, hopefully. You know, hopefully. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get it figured out. And thanks again to everybody for tuning in. Yeah, and uh, stay safe out there. Stay home. Yeah, because Miss Rona is still out there searching for bodies. <laughs> don't give it. My girlfriend just looked at me and just rolled her eyes and I said, that. don't look at me like that. Yeah. Oh, she's like, don't say that. I stared at her. All right. <laughs> We're done here. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later, babies.